0: I think we'll jump right in. Um, I'd like to welcome everyone to the third and final part of our series with Dr. strauss Schick on intention and the mitzvot of Tishrei. Um, in today's class, we will probe different aspects of intentionality, whether sinful thoughts are treated with the same weight as sinful deeds, and what defines a sin as intentional or unintentional. We will see marked differences in how various sages approach these questions. Um, it is my pleasure to introduce Dr. Shauna Strout Schick as you may remember from previous sessions, um, Dr. Strauch is a fellow of the Center for Israel Studies at Yeshiva University and teaches Talmud and Halacha in Michael Mivasar at Yerushalayim and Matan in Israel and in the Drisha Sh- Sh- Summer Kolau. In 2011, she became the first woman to be awarded a PhD in Talmudic literature from Bernard Ravel Graduate School at Yeshiva University where she also completed an MA in Bible. She studied in the graduate program in advanced Talmud at Stern College and has held postdoctoral fellowships at Bar-Ilan and Haifa University. Her upcoming book, Between Thought and Deed, Intention in Talmudic Jurisprudence, examines the role of intentionality in the development of Talmudic law and is being published by Brill. Now, without further ado, please take it away. Thank you so much,
1: and um, it's so nice to be here again for um, our third and final class in this uh, series on the role of inattentionality in the mitzvot of tishrei. Okay, so in our previous classes, we have seen different uh, trends with regard to inattentionality and the observance of mitzvot and the mitzvot of tishrei in particular. So we saw the first time that Rava, a fourth generation Amora, Tom, a Yudic rabbi from ba- Babylonia, de-emphasizes the need for inattention when hearing the Shofarm Rosh Hashanah, and as we saw in the, per- the performance of mitzvot more generally. And then we saw last week that his, his, a teacher, Ravah. Chista, introduces a need for in, uh, inattentionality when constructing the, the sukkah, and in other mitzvot where uh, previously the presence of uh, physical uh, state was adequate. Now what's common to both these rabbis, um, who are both, uh, by the way, uh, associated with the city of mehoza which was rarely in a rarely important uh, cosmopolitan uh, city in Sassanian Iran. They both uh, demonstrate an interest in the role of in uh, tension and its role in mitzvot. So uh, today we're going to explore another aspect of in attention and mitzvot as explored by these two rabbis and others also uh, associated with the city of Lachozah as well. And we're going to see what's the status of a sinful uh, thought, or a very good uh, thought. Is a sinful thought a sin? Is a good thought a mitzvah? And how do these relate to teshuva, repentance, and hence the third holiday of uh, Tishrei, Yom Kippur, or the third we hadn't discussed, the second, of course. So we're gonna see, once again, a difference between a text from the land of Israel versus the, the Bavli, And once again, we're gonna see, especially on um, that in the Bavli, it's once again, the rabbis from Mahosa who play a prominent role in this. So we're gonna see, not surprisingly, is that in Text from Eretz Israel, a bad thought or a good thought is really meaningless. It has to be accompanied by an action. So a sinful thought on its own is not a sin, unless if you also do an action with it. And a good of a thought on its own is also not adequate. It has to be accompanied by an action as well. Um... And in a and in Habavli, we're gonna see um a new idea raised by Rava Rava uh, Hista, Rab, and Rav Ahmed that even a thought alone can be a sin or a good deed. Um, and we'll see again how this relates to Teshuba. Now, um uh, scholar David Abratsky, he has brought attention to um vary to many of the, the cases we're going to look at uh, today. Um, so much of this uh, draws from some of his work. Um, so what we're going to see, um, first we're going to look at a text in the land of Israel, that's an A, Tana Itic literature, and we're going to see that even in uh, places which relate to a biblical uh, verse, which seems to uh, give some sort of mental command, Tanna. Idic law uh, transforms it into an action that has to be done. So, for example, um, the in the work of Midrash Halakha, um, a tana, a tana work which de- 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 adduces halacha laws from biblical verses, um, on the s- Sifra, um, in the first source you have, says in the Torah, "Zachor et yom." You have to zachor, remember the Sabbath data, sanctify it. So a mitzvah, a command to zakhor, remember, that uh, seems like a command of the mind. You have to be mindful of it. You have to remember it. Um, but ask the sephra here, Yachob b'lipcha, could this only be in your heart? And again, as we said, the first time heart refers to the mind. Is it uh, possible that this only refers to remembering it in your mind? So when the Torah says uh, keep the Sabbath uh, day, that refers to uh, keeping it in mind in your heart. Hamani So what then does the Torah mean when it says remember? That you should remember, it it should be a taut with your mouth. Um, It should be a sharp in your mouth. Meaning it's not enough to just mentally remember. You have to make a verbal declaration as well. And likewise, it says remember and do not forget how you uh, provoke the Lord your God in the will of yourness. Again, is it possible you just, you just have to re- remember in your mind? No, when it says in the Torah, there in that same uh, verse, do not forget, that's referring to remembering in your mind. So what then does it mean when it says to remember? Again, you have to verbally say it. And likewise it says, the Miriam. You have to remember what Lord the God did Lord did to Miriam when God gave when Miriam received leprosy. Again, is it enough to just remember in your mind? So when it says, um, you have to, let's see, it, English keep yourself against the plague of leprosy, to be very uh, diligent and, and to uh, do. That's uh, that's referring to the mind. So so what then does it mean to remember? Again, again, you have to say it with your mouth. You have to have a verbal uh, declaration to remember it. And likewise, remember what Amalek did to you. It's a possible to remember in your head. So what it says, don't forget, that refers to the mind. So what that doesn't mean to remember again. So we see in this Tana uh, a passage, and again, by Tana I mean it's from the rabbis who comprise the Mishnah. So in all these cases where the Torah says "zachor," remember. That is understood as an action. You have to make a verbal declaration of some uh, sort. Now, one could argue that in these uh, cases, zachor is only understood as a physical act and not a mere mental uh, thought because of the the redundancy in the verse. And each of these uh, cases, there is a mental thought which is reacquired. So um, so maybe this doesn't, uh, this on its own, I would say, doesn't approve that there's no room for a, a mental a thought on its own in Tanaitic literature. But we're going to see other Tanaitic texts also place the, the focus on action, even where the, a, the, a biblical verse seems to be a, a focused on a thought. So let's go to the next uh, source I brought for you in the de Rebishimon Shimon bar Yochai. This is a work of midrash halacha on the book of uh, Shemot, the Sefer Shemot, the book of Exodus. Ek- uh, so on the and the Ten Commandments, on the uh, command which says Lo Tachmo, do not uh, covet. You, know, you shouldn't want. That's clearly a command of the heart. You can't be envious of or want what another, a person has. And, that's, and that seems to just be, you know, even in the absence of an act, just to not uh, have this uh, healing. But here in the Mechilta, it's explained, Lo tachman, u hu omer lo teta'be. So when the Aserat wrote, when the Ten Commandments are reiterated in the book of uh, de- uh, Deuteronomy, Sefer DeVarib, it uses the, the language of Lo instead of Lo tachmod. So why does it say that? To make one liable for de- desiring on its own and for wanting on its own and for co Minain hitabe adam So how do you know that if you really desire uh, something that you'll come to covet it? Shneammar for it says, from the fact that it uses both of these words. But this is not where it ends. Then it can continues. Minain Kamar Adam. So how do we know that if you covet, you're going to end up dealing uh, as well? Because it says Shenam Mar in the book of Micha Bet Bet the Chamdo Sadot VeGazlo, someone who desires uh, feels is going to uh, steal them. Tava Belive the Chayin who Omer Kitava Nafshacha desires in the heart, for it says the Soul desires the Chamod VeMaaseh, and Coveting is is an action. The Omer Lo Tachmo Kesazah. So, on the one hand, once again, we do see that ta'aveh is understood as something of the heart, as a healing, but these things are all linked to an act. Even though you are liable for each one on its own, it's prohibited, this seems to say, because it's going to lead you to act. If you want it, you're going to come to ta'aveh it, and then you're going to steal it. So the focus seems to be on the act that it's going to eventually lead to. And this is also expressed in the next source, the Mechotad Rebbe Ishmael, another Midrash Halacha work on Sefer uh, uh, Shemot, attributed to the School of Rebbe Yishmael. And again, on the same uh, Pasuk, on Lo Tachmod, writes here, Oh, Afilu Chomed debor Or perhaps... Um, when the Torah says, lo takhmud, you shall not uh, covet, is it coveting through a speech? So it says, Lamar, the Torah says, lo takhmud, kesef is ahav alem velatakhtalach. The same verse brought in the previous source. Do not covet the silver and the gold that is on them and, 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 and take it for yourself. Ma ad she'osen Maase ad Just like there, it applies only once he does hadith, meaning it's not co-abetting on its own, which is prohibited. But it's the fact that you're going to uh, take from another a person. So here too, it's only prohibited because once he does the deed. So this is much more explicit than the previous uh, text. But in uh, both of them, the prohibition of not co-abetting another person's objects are very much tied to the fact that it's going to lead to an action or that it did lead to an action in the second case. And uh, finally, in the Sifrei on Abamidbar. again, this is another work of Midrash Halacha, and this time on the book of, of Abba Midbar, Numbers. So the Pasuk, which you say every day, at the end of uh, Shema, lo acharei hemzonim You should not stray after your hearts, um and after your eyes which can lead you uh, astray so um, to do so not go after your heart um, that could mean uh, something you know in the mind uh, something of the heart but in this right here each of these three uh, uh, phrases are under, understood as a different prohibited act so what's lota Zo me, um, do not stray after your hearts. This is heresy. As it says, I find more a bitter than a death. The woman whose heart is uh, snares and traps and our hands are uh, shackles. So the fact that it brings us a verse about a woman who in a uh, traps, it seems to be about an action, but the next verse makes us more clear. Now, only brings a part of it. It's a, a verse from Tehillim. So go down to the next uh, source where I brought the whole verse. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult when the mouth of liars is uh, stopped. So the verses it brings, this one especially, is about uh, uh, speaking lies. It's not about uh, something one uh, uh, thinks, but it's about the lies one utters with their mouth. So it's an action. Lothar Tua Achereh Le'Bavchem seems to be about uh, speaking heresy or acting in a heretical way from the other uh, verse that's brought and the next uh, phrase of this pasuk, uh, and after your eyes do not stray after your eyes that refers to zu that refers to licentious behavior as it says shimshon take her for me for she uh, pleases me you shimshon know, who lusted after women uh, basically so the fact that it brings that a verse and he acts on it, clearly, this is understood as doing the act of illicit uh, sexual behavior. And the, the last phrase of the verse, achrehem, That you stray after them. zu avodazara. That refers to the sin of idol worship. As I said, and they went to stray after the Baal idol. So again, these are all acts. You can't stray after your heart and your eyes, it's doing heresy. It's doing illicit uh, behavior um, and it's doing idol worship. There are, these, these are all seen as acts. And This will become more clear when we see the, a parallel to this in the Babli. So to sum up what we've done so far, let me just... Um, okay, so we see in Tanaitic literature, thoughts must be accompanied by an action. So, we saw that in the Sifrei, the Pasuk Zachor, wherever it says to remember, that is understood as shoneh you have to repeat it with your mouth. Then the Chilter Shalom Baruchai, where it says, lo tachmod, that shall not covet, it's because sofo l'exol, in the end, it'll lead you to a thievery. And the Chilter Rabbi Ishmael also, when it says in had the wrote the Ten Commandments, lo tachmod, again... You shall not uh, covet your only libel if you actually do a deed as well. In the Safray on Abamid Bar, we saw each a clause of the verse, um, are all referred to a different uh, sinful action. sexual behavior, and that's the act of idol worship. Um, now, we now turn to the Babli uh, text, and well, what we'll see here is, in the Babli, thoughts alone are meaningful. Now, we're going to start with uh, a parallel to what we just saw in the Sifrei, um, whereas we saw in the Sifrei, the various uh, refers to a simple acts, we see that the same Uh, tradition appears in the Babli, but it means, uh, it takes on new meaning here. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to have the two, uh, traditions next to each other. Um, so we can really see how the same, uh, uh, tradition, um, appears with the uh, differences in these two, uh, texts. So in the Babli, the kind a, t- a text is, Parashat Sitzit Nipnei Ma'Kavua. Why do we read every day when we say the Shema, the portion about Sitzit? Why is that included in what we, we we have to say every day? Why is that part of the Shema? So Mar Bar So says Rabbi Huda Bar Chavivah. The Pnei Khamisha The reason. Every day when we say Shema, it includes the section of the Sitzit, is because it has five uh, things in it. Mitzvot Sitzit, it has the commandments where Sitzit, Itziah Mitzrayim, it mentions the Exodus from Egypt, All Mitzvot, it mentions the acceptance of the yoke of Mitzvot, the Da'at Minim, admonition against opinions of heretics. Hirhu ray um ab here It also talks about or against uh sinful uh, thoughts, vi here abodazara, and also it uh, talks against uh thinking about idol worship. Okay, so let's we're, we're gonna skip um to Eladat meaning hihuave rahur aveira z vihur abo dazara mi hold so where do we see that the parsha of Sitzit refers to simple uh, uh, thoughts and uh, thoughts about Avodah Zarah? So that's where I abold Where do we see it mentioning that in parshat Sitzit? So de atanya, for it is taught, acharei zuminu. So going after your heart, that refers to heresy. Amer amar, ein So notice... Zominuot and the verse brought to approve it is not the ones we saw here in the Sifrei, rather it's a verse which talks about uh, speaking in one's heart. The Naval, the empty one, says in his heart, "There is no God." Okay, so Amar Billybo, he says in heart, meaning it's something that he uh, thinks. enechem, <laughs> you can't go after eyes. Zu hier that refers to uh, thinking about uh, sin. Shne Amar for it said by Yomar Shimshon Eladivo Takachliki Yisher Beinat. The same verse about Shemshon where he says says Father take the woman for for me because I want it. But here it's not about the act of illicit sexual behavior. Here it's the here whoor. It's the it's the thinking about it. And finally, atam zonim you stray after zo here avodah zara. This. Part of the Pasig refers to uh, thinking about Avodasara, uh, uh thinking about idol worship, as it says, is mm-hmm. so if we compare it, we have the same Pisu Kim in both. And the it says, mm-hmm. that refers to Zumi Heresy, and the, the verses it brought were verses about actions. Um the the woman who in uh, traps and and the person who, uh, speaks, uh, to, to, to uh, shaker. Here, acharei levavchem refers to heresy as well. But the, the verse brought is one who amar bilibo, speaks in his heart, meaning refers to having heretical, uh, thoughts. And again, we have acharei enechem you can't go after your eyes. Whereas in the sefre, it refers to the, the act of illicit, uh, sexual behavior. Whereas here in the, the Babli, it's not the act, which is uh, sinful now. It's here, who are Avera? It's even uh, uh, pondering doing a sin and clearly one of a uh, sexual nature because it brings the same averse referring to Shim um, And uh, finally, a ashera t'henzolim achrehem. Whereas in the Sefrei it refers to the act of idol worship. Here in the Babli, it's here, who are It's even just uh, thinking about idol worship. Um, So here is a very clear example where we see the very same tradition. Clearly, it seems to be the same one, or they or they both uh, draw from the the same uh, source. Whereas in the land of Israel text, the focus, or it's only about uh, actions and uh sinful acts that one is not allowed to do in the babli the same uh, verses are understood to speak against uh thoughts against these same kinds of uh sin and this attitude about the weight given to sinful uh, thoughts is a is a manifest in other babli passages as well so next source you have from Mesechet Yuma, very appropriate. So we're in the top of page uh, three. In Attractate Yuma, Tzavchav Amabet, 28B, we have a tradition by another a teacher of Rava, Rava who we met the, the, the first time. And this is Rev Nachman. So Amar Rev Nachman, said Rev Nachman, Hirhure Avera, Kashu me Avera. Uh, thinking about uh, sin, about tra- of transgressions, are worse than the actual transgressions. The simaneh and a sign to re- remember this is recha fisra the odor of meat. And what does that mean? The odor of meat. Rashi here explains, um, and here hurei First, Rashi just explains. What does it mean? Uh, thinking about sin. It means ta'avat nashim lusting after a woman, meaning it's again, uh, thoughts of a uh, sexual nature. Um, and what does that mean? Recha abisra, the smell of meat. Rashi here explains, hameriach basar if you uh, smell roasting meat, It's really hard if you're not allowed to eat the meat. It's going to make you want it. And this seems to be, even in the absence of an action, just wanting it—the the the very thought uh, of the sin—is problematic in its own right. Um, my late uh, professor advisor, Jacob Elman, understood this a passage in light of a of a of a, of a Zoroastrian one, which ha- expresses a similar uh, sentiment about when one kind of wants, uh, something prohibited, it's actually a, da- a dangerous, uh, to them because it causes, uh, demons to rush into their uh, body. So it's not even if it leads to an action, the very, uh, process of wanting that, which is prohibited, uh, the, the sinful thought is a, a deep da- rav, the prominent first generation of Babylonian Amor, who's the, the teacher of Rev Nachman as well, I mean, the teacher of uh, Shmuel, says the following There are three sins from which a person is not spared each day. And what are those? The first one is having a sinful thought. Um, so just uh, thinking about a sin. That is a sin that a person cannot uh, spare themselves from. Um, the next source in the uh, msechet um, Shabbat, Samachtal al-Malalev, Tractate Shabbat 64a. So it brings the verse from uh, Numbers 31, 14. Moses was angry with the officers who went to wage war on... Um, So again, we have the same Rev. Nachman, who said um, in the name of Rebbe Bar-Abuah, what is it that Moses really said to Israel here? He said, maybe you went back, you know, why was he angry at them? Maybe you went back to your original uh, sinful ways. Amrulo um, and they, they said back to him, "Lo, no, lo nefkad mi, menu ish." No, we didn't do, we didn't lose anyone in this war. No one had died. Um, so Marlahem, so said Moses, so said Moshe to them, Kapara kaparalama. Why then do you require uh, atonement if you uh, didn't actually sin with the daughters of Amrulo, oh, uh, So the the officer said to Moses, "Imide avera yatsanu." even if we were able to emerge without doing a, a sinful act, but, but we didn't emerge from having any sinful uh, thoughts. So maybe we didn't act, but we still wanted to, we had that uh, desire to uh, sin. And again, once again, this seems to be of a sexual nature. So, So that is why them. They then brought a uh, sacrifice to atone. Again, um, here, this pasuk is understood as uh, requiring atonement for even the thought, the de- desire to sin. And what's interesting is that right after this uh, statement from Reb Nachman, we have a Tanaitic tradition in the name of the school of Rabbi Ishmael earlier, you know, in the Mecheltet Rabbi Rabbi Um, And here it says, Tanad Debei Rabbi Ishmael. So it was taught in the school of Rabbi Ishmael. The Yisrael Hador Kapara. Why did Israel that's a generation? Why did they require atonement? So, um, as opposed to Rev Nachman, who just said, because of the simple uh, thoughts that they had, Rabbi Ishmael or the school of Rabbi Yishmael uh, teaches, Shezanu, minha erva because they nourish their eyes from erva, from nakedness. So it's not just that they had uh, thoughts; it's something that they actually did. They saw with their eyes, and has much more of a of a you know external a uh, focus than the statement of Rev Nachman, where it's just about the here who rim, the simple uh, thoughts. So. Let me share my screen once again, Insan. What we've seen so far here is, um, in the bavli uh, a bad thought on its own could be sinful. So we saw first in a Tractate Perachot, uh, the same tradition we saw before in the Sefre, which there was understood to uh, um, uh, speak against sinful acts, the same three uh phrases from the biblical uh, verse are all taught um, about sinful uh, uh thoughts thoughts of heresy sexual sinful thoughts and, and idolatry thoughts of idolatry we saw in yuma that Rav Nachman said, thoughts of sin are worse than sin itself. In B- Baba Batra 165, we saw that Rav said there are three sins for which a person is not spared each day. One of them is having sinful thoughts. In Baba Batra 16b, we saw Rav say, um, oh, actually skipped one, sorry. Um, one uh, final source, which we didn't see, in Baba Batra, Rav says he did not sin with his lips, but he sins in his heart. So um, something I uh, Skipped gift over, and right after Yuma, where Ravah brings um, a verse from the book of Eo, from the book of uh, Job, um, but where Job writes, or it says in Job, So with all this, I mean, all the horrible things that happened to a Job, he did not sin with his lips, it says Ravah, maybe he didn't sin with his lips, but but he did sin with his heart. Um, so once again, we see, and here it's Rava, that having that there is such a thing as to, uh, sin with one's heart. And finally, we saw in a Shabbat 64a that Reb Nachman and Rebbe Bar Abuha, and Rebbe Bar Abuha is also uh, associated with M'choza, um, where they in, interpret the verse from ba Midbar to say that if we have emerged from actual sin, we have not emerged from the thoughts of uh, sin. So we see consistently that in the Babli, a thought on its own could be a sin. Now we're now gonna um, shift to, what about a good uh, thought? Could a good thought give someone merit? Um, And again, we'll see that the same uh, differences um, emerge, that whereas in, text in the land of Israel, a thought cannot count as a mitzvah. Um, But in the Bavli, we'll see the idea that it uh, can. Um, So moving to the first source here, in Mesechet uh, Brachot, in the Mishnah and Tractate uh, uh, Brachot, it's taught that a person who has certain impurities is not allowed to Say what's what's referred to as davar uh, holy shema. Uh, so, what does a person who's impure do to say shema uh, when they're obligated to each day? So, it says the Mishnah, carry a man who's become impure through a, a seminal emission abilibo, he should uh, think the Shema in his mind. but you shouldn't he shouldn't make the blessing neither before or after. So from the fact that a person who's im a pure is not allowed to say shema but they are allowed to uh, think it, that must mean, that to uh, think it is not the same thing as to uh, say it. And that's why it's okay to only uh, uh, think the Shema. That seems to be the clear, uh, simple meaning of the Mishnah. In the Bavli, however, we have two opinions as to how to understand this Mishnah. So first we have Amar uh, Ravina, Ravina, who is um, a sixth a generation uh, Babylonian Amarat and a student of Rava, who says, Oh, Zot Omerit, this is to say, Hirhor adopt Adami. From this Mishnah, we can learn that if you uh, think it, it's as if you actually uh, say it. Now, of course, we saw that doesn't seem to be what the Mishnah says, but he raises this possibility. That to uh, think is the same thing as to speak it. And why? Because if you would have thought it's not the same thing as actually uh, speaking it, here? then why would you even have to uh, think it? What's the uh, uh, purpose? So uh, Ravina thinks that this Mishnah seems to indicate that uh, thought is the same or has the same weight as uh, speaking. But Rebbe Chista disagrees. And in the second line, we have Rebbe Chista's contrasting opinion. Rebbe Chista Amar, hihor, lav dami. No. A uh, uh, thought is not the same thing as a speech. Contemplation is not uh, uh, tantamount to speech. And why? For the reason we said before, because if you would have thought that contemplation is the same as a speech, then Then why do you have to uh, think it? Just uh, say it. So that's the back end of fourth um, on this Mishnah. So we have Ravina, a sixth generation of student of Rava, versus Rav Now Rav goes with the peshas, goes with the plain meaning of the Mishnah. It's clear that uh, thinking is not the same thing as uh, speaking. That's why, even though you're not allowed to speak the Shema when one's impure, they are allowed to uh, think it. But Ravina, he gives a more innovative understanding. It is the same thing as actually saying the Shema, merely a... Thinking the Shema is as if you actually said it, and therefore performed the mitzvah. So why you're not allowed to say it? Because there's a tak, there's a takana, there's a decree that you're not allowed to say it if you're impure. But it's just a decree, and that's why you're allowed to uh, think it. Now we get something close in one uh, Tanaitic uh, text, but it's not quite the same. So, in the to Mesechet Apeya, the Tosefta again is a Tana'itic text also from the time of the Mishnah, where it, it does look like God accounts good uh, thoughts, but it's only where it's accompanied by a deed. So, it says in the next source, in the Tosefta, So, if you have a good uh, thought, God will adjoin it. With the good deed. But, makshavah ra'ab, if you have a bad thought, in hamar Mit Sarfa. God will not um, join um, a bad uh, thought. Um, now let's just skip to the next line to make it really clear that God will only count the good thought when there's a deed that comes with it. So the end of the second line. Um, Ela machshava she osa pey she osa peyrot hamarkom mitzarfa im maasa. Machshava she ina osa osa peyrot ein hamarkom mitzarfa. When does God can join the good uh thought? Only when it uh, produces uh root. Meaning, when you act on the good thought, then God will join the thought with the act. But if there is no action, then God won't count the good uh, thought. So you always need an action with uh, thought. There always has to be a physical action as well, and not just a thought. And if you recall to our first uh, class, the person who's walking by the shul and hears the sounds of the shofar, they have to in- attend their heart. But there also has to be the act. And what was the midrash? It was the, you know, when Moses raised his hands, then, the, then Israel won. And why did they win? Because they had to uh, direct their hearts to heaven. But it wasn't enough to just uh, direct their thoughts to heaven. Moses also had to raise his arms. There also had to be an accompanying act and not just a, a thought. And in, in, in attention alone does not count. There has to be an action to go along with it, and whether it's good or bad. But in the Bava, we see something very uh, different. We find the same new tradition in the that we just saw in the Tosefta Masechet, uh, uh, and whereas there we just saw, it's only if the machshava osa wrote, if the if the thought uh, produces uh, an action, will God account it. Here in the Bava it adds in so we we it adds in a caveat that even if there is no action so going to the Babli and we have the same uh, tradition appears tova a good thought god will conjoin with a good adi and it brings a verse okay um, now the, the end of the verse says Hashem shemo because it says um, in this way those who fear the Lord spoke one to the other and the Lord paid attention and listened and wrote a book of remembrance before him for those who fear the Lord and for those who uh, th- uh, think His name shemo so here the Babylonian um, interjects what does it mean? those who uh, think his name, Amar Rev Ashi or Rev Ashi, there's actually a, a difference in the manu script, but Rev Ashi is a student of Rava. What does Rev Ashi say here? Afilu chasha adam la'asot mitzvah. What this pasuk, what this verse means, that even if a person merely uh, in, uh, uh, thinks to fulfill a mitzvah, but then he is pro- pro- prevented below, Asa, and he's unable to do the mitzvah. hakatuv ki ilu asa. The verse considers uh, him as if he uh, did the mitzvah. So even if you uh, didn't actually uh, do the mitzvah, it will count as if you uh, did it. And then it brings the rest of the tosef that we saw before, where again, where it said uh, clearly, osa peri. The the thought has to actually do a deed for God to account it, but that's not. How Rav Ashi in the Babli understands this uh, tradition. Rav Ashi says even if the even if the thought never led to an action, God will still count it as if you did the good a deed. So we see. Let me uh, once again share my screen. Oh, so we have, um, in. In the, the Babli, a good thought is adequate. Ravina says contemplation is a tantamount to speech. We have in uh, Dush and saying even if a person in attended to fill a, a, a commandments and he was prevented from uh, doing it, the verse still considers it as if he did. Um, now we see this, this great weight that the Babli uh, gives to uh, thoughts, extends to teshuva as well, it extends to one's ability to re So going back to uh, the Gemara we saw earlier, on um, the first Babli passage we saw from Tractate Brachot uh, Yudbet Amudbet 12b, which brought the same tradition that we saw in the Sifrei of Luttu Acharei Enichem Vacharei Levabchem, earlier in that same it brings another tradition in the name of Raba Bar Chinana, who is a second-generation uh, Babylonian Amora, And he also says, Mishmei uh, to Rav. Rav, who we've seen um, um, again today, says, Ko oseh devar Abera umit bayeshbo. One who commits a sin and is ashamed of it, mochalin lo akol abonotav. All... His sins will be for a given. So we see here that not only is a sinful thought significant, not only is uh, thinking about a mitzvah significant, but even you can have a thought of teshuvah, a thought of repentance, uh, feeling uh, shame of what you did without actually doing an act of teshuvah can be uh, uh, effective as well. And this, once again, is in contrast to. Lands of Israel text where Teshuvah is very much tied to an action. Um, And even where we see that a a, a, a feeling of regret can be significant, it has to be tied to an act. Um, So going to next source, found in the Yerushalmi, and I brought you the parallels in the Bible as well, but it's the same thing. It's taught, Tani Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochai. So Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochai taught. And again, we also saw Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochai earlier, uh, Today, where a simple thought had to be accompanied by an act. So he he writes, You can have a person who is righteous his whole life. And at the end of his life, he rebelled. Um, he will lose everything he did all his life. All the good he did his whole life will be lost by the later act of rebellion. But Reish um, Lakish here uh, qualifies this. Next line, ben Lakish Amar, here qualifies this. He'll only lose all the good he did if he regrets the good that he did. So here we do see that, uh, that, uh, feeling of regret can count, but it's only because he then acted in a a rebellious way as well. But a regret alone would not undo what he did if he didn't then become a rebellious person as well. And now the, the text uh, continues about the opposite, feeling regret, um, Changing your bad ways for good. Harisha Adam Rasha Gamor If a person is evil their whole life, but then the end they act, they do teshuva, God will accept this person. what's um, the reason? Because the person has you know repented from the bad that they did. And not only that, but all the bad that they did will now become merit. But again, in this case, it's because they actually did an act of teshuvah. They did an act of repentance and they changed their ways. But in this Land of Israel tradition, and this is now Rish Lakish, even where, there's an, even where there's a regret, it's because it's accompanied by an action that it accounts. And one can only repent if they do acts of repentance, but uh, a feeling alone would not be adequate. Um, So we see that there's a clear uh, dissonance in rabbinic thought. So just to hear, probably a feeling of repentance um, is adequate. Whereas whereas in the uh, Yerushalmi, the regret must be tied to an act. So we've seen several uh, differences between uh, Babel and the land of Israel. In Eretz Israel, thoughts are only sinful if they're accompanied by an action, whereas in the Babli, we saw that thoughts alone are sinful. In Eretz Israel, we saw that uh, thinking of a mitzvah, of a good deed, does has not account on its own unless it's accompanied by an action as well. Whereas we saw in the Babli, uh, thinking of doing a mitzvah counts as a mitzvah. We saw in the Babli, the healing alone of shame can atone. That can count for repentance. Whereas in the land of Israel, a healing of regret, whether it's a good or bad deed, alone has not count. It's not counted on its own. It must be accompanied by an action as well. Now, I have um, explained this uh, dissonance as a chronological one. Where... You know, or as, and as a geographical a one. And the land of Israel, uh, thought alone was not legally significant. Whereas in a Babel, in the Babli law and uh, thought it was. Now, if it's a chronological one, we may uh, think that with the, the Bavli, which ended later than the Yerushalmi, the land of Israel, Talmudic text that this uh, debate should come to an end. But we find that the same bifurcation between act versus uh, thought continues throughout rabbinic uh, thinking as well into the medieval uh, period. And since we had a few minute break, it's, I hope it's okay if we just go extra. If you want to tune out, you can. but
0: Yeah, take a couple extra
1: minutes. <laughs> thank you. Um. So we find the same... Uh, 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 dissonance between thought versus action in, um, medieval times between the Rambam versus Rabbeinu Yonah, specifically with respect to teshuvah, repent, uh, uh, some weather, whether one can achieve atonement through, um, through acts so through an act or through a, a thought and mindfulness alone. Now, the starting point is this uh, this Talmudic text from Yuma. Once again, Yuma, Attractate Yuma, which asks, What is the case of a Bal Teshuvah of a person who has completely repented?" Uh, I did. So, Amar says, Reb and this is Rebbe Huda Bar Yecheskel, who's from, not Mechoza, he's from the appealing school of Pumpa Adisa. He says, What does it mean to a truly repent? It's where you have a sin, something prohibited come to you a first time, and then it comes to you again. And when it comes to you again, you don't uh, 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 do it. You are saved uh, from it. Machvei Rebbe Huda illustrated what he meant uh, by this, meaning, you're alone. A man is again alone with the same woman with whom he uh, uh, sinned in the past. At the same time, in the same place. When he goes back to the same circumstance and wish he committed the sin and he doesn't do the sin again. So he's able to put himself back in the place and not uh, do it. So a uh, clearly teshuva for Revi Yehuda is about uh, doing an act or not uh, doing the act, but it's putting yourself into the situation and not re- repeating the sins. So this teshuvah is very much tied to an action um, and It's not, I would argue, coincidental that Reb Huda ties to Shabbat in action. Elsewhere, I've shown that whereas rabbis of Mehoza stress in a uh, in, uh, in, uh, tensionality, rabbis of, Me, of Pum, Adita tended to focus on actions. Now, this a passage is understood in two uh, different ways by the Rambam, May on the one hand, and Rabbi Yona on the other. So what is, the Rambam understands this um, in its plain uh, sense. The Rambam writes in his Hilchot teshubah, Eizuhi teshubah Gemurah, What is, uh, what does it mean to do full repent? so says the Rambam, and we're on uh, the second to last page here. Zeh Shabbah li'ado davar it's, he once more had it in his power to repeat a uh, sin. He's able to uh, do it. He's back in the same uh, situation, below Asa, but he didn't uh, do it. So he put himself into the same uh, situation and he held himself back. And why? And the reason he didn't repeat it was because he wanted to repent. Uh, so you can only accomplish teshuva through an act. You have to actually put yourself into the situation and hold yourself back. So for the Rambam, achieving atonement can be accomplished only through an act. Rabbi Nuyon, in his work on Tesh, to, Teshuvah to on the same uh, Suya and Yuma, says, "Yeah, that's one way. But if you're not able to do this uh, test on yourself, he writes in the." Second line here. So again, you you put yourself in the same situation. So you put yourself into the situation, and you don't repeat it because of your fear of sin. You you don't repeat it. But he says, let's able to put yourself back into this situation me so in the third line here but let's say you're not able to actually do the actual test again you you can just add in your uh, soul fear of God to uh, every day all the days of your life because And this, having these uh, thoughts, adding to your fear of God, this will be enough. You can know in your heart that you're now a strong person who can overcome sin. You don't actually have to put yourself into the situation. Um, But just knowing in your heart that you are able to overcome that can be adequate. And I'll just read the English here. He should augment his fear of God on a daily basis. And then does not the examiner of hearts understand and the fashioner of his soul know that if a test would come to him and it would be like the first that he would save himself from his impulse. So it's, you don't have to actually put yourself into the same uh, situation and refrain from doing the sin. It's enough to know in your heart. It's enough to just increase your uh, fear of God, to increase your fear of uh, sin, to really want to do to teshuva, to want to accomplish atonement. And that could be enough. So we see while you know, maybe originally it could be an Eretz l above El uh, Tavai. Uh, these two strains of thought persist in a Jewish thought um, and history. Uh, this bifurcation between act uh, versus deed. And I'll just end with, um, I think these two uh, come appealing, but also complementary um, aspects of sin, of good deed are so relevant now in the time we're in and what we see is you know you can want to put yourself into the situation you can want to uh, go to shul and be part of a minion and that's not always uh, a possible so there is the Rambam you have to do the act um, there is the Eretz Yisrael but there's also the Baba, there's also Rabbeinu Yonah that sometimes you know the action you don't need the action the desire to do the good deed uh, could be adequate. The shame you feel could be adequate. Um, and yes, this also means that a bad uh, thought can be legally meaningful as well. So it also, you know, could place extra stringencies, but it also gives the possibilities of doing so much more good and accounting our good in, uh, in uh, tensions, even when we're not able to uh, carry that out, so these two aspects of action versus uh, versus uh, thoughts need not be in a conflict with one another, but they can be two uh, different aspects of our fulfillment of mitzvot or of a sin that can uh, complement each other and can work. You know. At appropriate times and appropriate uh, places. So with that, sorry for going seven minutes over, but we had that little break in the middle. I, I thank you all so much for these three times learning together. Uh, um, I hope you have a very, you know, meaningful rest of the Esther to make Shuvan Yom Kippur and Sukkot wherever you are. Whether you're able to, you know, daven in a minion or whether you have to be at home alone. Um, with our good uh, thoughts and our, our pure motives really unite uh, us all, um, carry the meaning of the day, the rituals that we do, wherever they are and however they are, and give us a very, very meaningful Yom Kippur. Um, and please God, the, our good uh, and attentions can, can uh, complement the actions as well. So wishing you all a gemar chatima tova, a very very meaningful uh, rest of the hagim. Thank you all so much.